Hello and welcome to the third episode of the SLDs podcast. Today we'll be talking about the SLDs ATA certification exam group with the group administrators Eugenia Tietzokolska and Maria Guzenko. I would like to start by introducing them. Eugenia Tietzokolska is the SLD assistant administrator and runs the Russian to the English channel in the certification exam practice group. Maria Guzenko is an English to Russian translator working in the healthcare and corporate domains. She has an MA in translation from Kent State University. She is a co-administrator of the certification exam online practice group for ATA Slavic Languages Division. And with us today is Veronica Dimichelis, the ATA SLD podmaster and an English to Russian translator. Thank you, Katerina. Um, welcome to this podcast, ladies. Um, so you are in charge of the ATA Slavic Languages Division practice group for the ATA certification exam. You wrote a few articles describing this wonderful initiative, and they were published on the, um, in the ATA Chronicle, the um, ATA Slavic Languages Division website, and the spring edition of Slav File, our division's newsletter. We will put these links into our show notes so some of our listeners um, can, can become more familiar with them. But um, some of them may not know um, all this background yet. So can you please say a few words about uh, the practice group, um, how it was established, and uh, what is its purpose? Sure. First of all, thank you for giving us this opportunity to talk about this initiative. So... The group pretty much stemmed from the need of participants, um, excuse me, of um, different members of the Slavic Languages Division of the ATA to prepare for the exam. And of course, candidates have been doing little practice translations unofficial, you know, since time immemorial. But personally, I wanted to to find a way to exchange. Uh, translations with my peers and to get some feedback from them. So I I reached out to a few colleagues and with uh, Ekaterina's help, I I got in touch with a few of them and we started exchanging those translations over email and that turned out to be somewhat difficult logistically and um, other folks in the in the division kind of had the same idea. So Eugenia also wanted to do something like that, um, even though she was already certified, but she was interested in um, helping people practice translations and also prepare for this exam. So we kind of brainstormed the best way of doing that and uh, found a way that would allow various candidates uh, to work on a translation that would be representative of the ATA exam passage. So a general text presenting a point of view um, 225 to 275 words and try to we would try to grade quote-unquote each other's work according to the ATA standards and again do the best of our ability because we're not official graders so um, Eugenia would you like to share how this started from your perspective yeah, so I this initially came up at an annual meeting, um, so I heard Maria's troubles with uh, exchanging translations over email, and my initial no involvement was just to say, look, I'm certified, I'd like to kind of 
spread the knowledge, you know, give some tips. And that's when Maria approached me. And for me, I am aware of the fact that I was very fortunate in the Kent State uh, master's program, which I also attended, uh, to have access to old passages and to look at the, um, look at how things were graded and that that really helped me pass the exam. So I thought that if I could kind of share that knowledge, um, that would also be really helpful. So that was sort of what I brought to the table and, and part of what I was thinking of when we were brainstorming structure for the group. This is wonderful. Thank you so much for um, driving this initiative and, um, and managing the group now. So do actual graders give feedback to participants too? So the way this is set up now, um, we use a online platform. It's a website that lets us, it's pretty much a big chat room called Slack. Some of our listeners may be familiar with it. It allows us to post the passages, which we usually collectively pick out. Um, right now, the group has three administrators. So uh, Eugenia, Ekaterina, and I together um, take turns pretty much picking out the passages. And uh, yeah, the way this works, we post the passage every month, and we give people some time um, to work on it. And we have a system of assigning partners for each round. And once they've, the participants have translated um, the passage, they exchange their translations with their partners, exchange feedback as well, according to these um, ATA criteria, the so-called grading rubric. And then we just discuss the passage and the challenges of it collectively. So to answer your question, are there actual graders involved? Some people who are graders for the official ATA exam program are involved in a volunteer capacity. This is not at all meant to compete with that program. This is not meant to compete or substitute the official practice exams um, that are administered by the ATA. This is just more for us to really get that practice more frequently because um, to the best of my knowledge as of last year, an exam passage in a certain language direction only got updated once a year. So once you took that for, for the rest of the year, the other 11 months, you're kind of on your own. So, but yeah, we were fortunate to involve quite a few um, official graders and have them um, provide just kind of overarching high level feedback on things like how should we approach this translation in terms of formality, how faithful should we be to the text. So this is a little bit different than the feedback you would get on the official uh, practice exam. So the graders do not look at individual translations and they, they do not provide feedback on everyone's um, errors or questions. Um, it's more of like generalized feedback of how to best approach uh, translating a specific passage. And so we had, when we first talked about the group, I remember we kept throwing around this phrase, the blind leading the blind, right? So I may be certified, but there comes a point where, you know, I can only say what I did on my exam and to, as a way out of that feeling that, you know, we could go back and forth on feedback as much as we want, but ultimately what's, 
right. Um, that's when we came to the idea of having these volunteers at the end look at the challenges of the passage. And a lot of the volunteers that we ended up getting were graders, and and that was very helpful. I mean, that was probably more helpful than than we had um, initially thought of it as being, because they were able to say, you know, this kind of challenge is not typical of the exam. Sorry about that. Or, um, yeah, you know, a grader wouldn't take off for that particular terminological issue. Um, but as Maria said, they don't give comments on any specific uh, full translations, just suggestions. Thank you for clarifying that. Um, now, I'm a participant in the practice group, and I find it extremely useful, uh, both for the uh, preparing for the practice test and uh, actually taking the uh, ATA exam. Um, now, what has your experience managing the group been like? Uh, what are some of the good, the difficult, the challenging, and the fun things that you found um, about it? I would say the number one challenge has been participation. So both recruiting participants, prospective exam takers. Um, so right now, English to Russian and Russian to English are the two most active subgroups. We do have some people let's say, enrolled in the groups for other language combinations served by the division. Unfortunately, they have not been as active, so I'd say that would be the number one challenge for me personally. And the other challenge um, that kind of I've encountered is probably the process, like how does this work? Because, you know, we're translators, so we know how to translate, hopefully know how to use a computer, but not everyone was familiar with this platform and not everyone understood conceptual okay now who do i send this translation to and and how and when and where do i get the feedback and how do i get the updates from the website and and how do i treat these comments conceptually that i get from my colleagues so somebody marked this up as a potential mistake is it something that the grader would have marked up as such as well so these are the challenges. Uh, the rewarding thing, I think, is just the consistent practice. So both for myself to kind of get feedback from my colleagues and just hopefully that this gives other translators an opportunity to get feedback every month, which is more frequent than perhaps in some other formats they would have been able to get that feedback. And just it's been rewarding to see that some of our participants have actually passed their uh, certification exams since starting with us. Yeah, I will second that the sense of, of reward that you get from, um, well, for me, you know, someone who was certified, so I'm not practicing for the exam per se, but I'm definitely seeing, pe seeing people improve. You know, if I was their partner a year ago, and then I get to be their partner again, and I see that they're hitting a better balance of, you know, literalness, literalness to freedom, and um, actually seeing them pass the exam, I mean, that has been an amazing experience. Um, the fun has been translating. I mean, we've picked some really interesting passages over the the last year and a half or so that we've been doing this. Um, that's starting with the positives, the negatives, um, or rather the challenges, I think for me has been managing expectation, has been one of the biggest ones with, and I know we're going to probably get back to this, but um, feedback and, and Maria hit on this as well, you know, how do participants see feedback that they get from their, 
partners. And then when they're giving feedback themselves, I've had quite a few people say to me, well, you know, I'm not a grader, so I'm sorry, I wasn't able to really give feedback at all. And, and just trying to get through this idea that on one hand, yes, it is about giving feedback and receiving feedback, but it's also about thinking about the exam and how the exam will be graded and um, what's being expected of you since that was kind of my driving force in coming to this is getting people to understand what the exam is actually examining. Um, so, and then also people's expectations about what the reviewers will say, how much feedback they'll give and whether, you know, their feedback is actually going to be relevant to their translations and so on. So um, there's sometimes been a bit of a mismatch in, in what people expected and what they got. But um, to come back to a positive thing, I think ultimately a lot of the people who have participated have found it useful, at least to some degree. And, and that's great. That, that feels really good. Thank you. So for SLD members who are not in our certification exam prep group, what would be the top three reasons in their view for them to join the group? I'll jump in on this one first. Um, so probably the top reason for me is that um, the pass rate for the ATA exam is about 14 to 15%, um, which is very low for an exam that costs quite a lot of money to take. Um, and so, you know, a lot of people are having to take it more than once to pass. Um, and a lot of the translators that I've talked to um, often, I mean, they're translators and they know how to translate. They, you know, they do good work. And so it's often just a matter of not really knowing what to expect when they get into it. Um, and so our group helps to clarify that over time. Um, you know, we have resources on the, the grading rubric and the error categories and sample passages. And I mean, I think that, I mean, we've seen a lot of people pass, um, sort of having informally polled, it seems like our pass rate is higher than 14 or 15%. And that's, you know, that makes it a little bit easier the first time around to, to maybe pass on the first or second try. Um, and then also for people maybe who are certified, it is actually very good feedback on translation. So, you know, I've learned a lot since being certified just by exchanging translations, doing the translations myself and giving feedback. And the third is, um, this is kind of sort of tangential, but has been important for me. I've met a lot of cool people through this group. So I've met a lot of the, um, a lot of members of SLD that I wouldn't have run into, say, at the ATA conference. Um, and, and I think that's pretty cool. That just allows us to have another um, channel of communication. Maria? Right, these are pretty good points and I second them. Um, I would just add that uh, participating in this group kind of has, um, has helped at least me personally and I hope the other participants as well to see the sort of like behind the curtains for the exam, meaning specifically the, um, the grading rubric, the error categories that the graders refer to when they look at our work and um, you know having tried to grade other people's work you start thinking more critically about your own translations okay would it violate this specific rule or preference or category and um, also thinking more critically about the passages you know having picked out a few of them you kind of 
hopefully you are more you're better prepared for the kinds of texts that you can come across in an actual ATA exam. So um, there was a blog post published on the Slavic Languages Division's blog. And um, in that post, it says that most participants, 44%, found the feedback received from their peers very useful. 33% found it somewhat useful. 11.1% not very useful, and 11.1% have not received feedback. So most people find the feedback useful to some extent, but 11% felt they did not get value out of it. Um, what is your take on that? Do you feel like the feedback you get helps you? Oh, um, I talked about this a bit earlier, um, the, the sense of managing expectations. So the, the people who did not find feedback useful, they would often also leave other comments that um, pointed to maybe the, the feedback that they received was much more harsh than, than they expected or maybe than was warranted. And it's really hard to, to tell um, what feedback would be, uh, what level of feedback would be most helpful and what level of feedback would most reflect what a grader would do, right? So... Um, I think some people who had maybe one, only one partner respond, for example, we try to give them two, we always try to give them two partners so they can compare, but if they only had one respond or the comments were similar, it's possible that they didn't really feel that they got a clear sense of what a grader would do, right? What an exam, um, what would be relevant for the exam. And I mean, we can't, um, you know, we don't review everybody's feedback, right? So it's kind of what that individual person's preference is for the level of editing that they do or the, you know, how specific they want to get in their commentary, and we can't control that from above. So sometimes there's a mismatch, and um, I mean, that's, that's unfortunate, and that is part of why we have the uh, reviewer step in the process so people can bring up things that they thought maybe they were unfairly um, criticized for or something that they're still wondering about in the general discussion and then eventually have um, someone who is certified or a grader weigh in on whether that was um, whether that was warranted or whether that you know their variant was also good so it's you know it's a bit unfortunate that some people had a uh, bad experience with feedback but on the other hand um, clearly you know 90 percent did have a good one so it, it works most of the time. Right, and uh, I would say that's part of the reason each person with um, two partners for each round of translations. So if they don't get good feedback, well, in their opinion, from one of their partners, then hopefully they can get something that's closer to their expectations from the other. And again, I think the inherent challenge here is that the goal of the group is not primarily to help us grade others' translations. That's just a tool for us all to be better translators. On the other hand, how do you produce feedback that's actionable and that's fair if you don't know how to grade? And uh, we've tried to mitigate that by sharing um, the ATA, again, the grading rubric, so what are the error categories, and then the flowchart um, for assigning severity um, to 
various errors, but again, a consultation with real graders would discover that a lot of times they don't know if something is a one-point error or a two-point error, you know, so sometimes it's a matter of perspective and, you know, there is some room for subjectivity there. Um, but I would say we definitely have been uh, trying to encourage people to use those error categories and use um, and use the uh, the table that kind of imitates uh, the kind of grading that you would get on an actual test or on an official practice exam. And uh, I, I would say it's been mostly successful. We are still open for new participants to join. So I think perhaps for new participants who joined recently who haven't been doing this for a while, perhaps the grading rubric can be somewhat daunting. So would you have a, um, welcome document that is automatically sent to any new participants in the forum that kind of describes our process and how we grade and what to look out for. Uh, so we're looking forward to people's satisfaction with feedback um, going up. Thank you. you know, last month, I'm also active in the uh, group. And last month, um, one of my partners was specifically asking for kind of like brutal feedback. So <laughs> that was nice. Not everybody wants um, kind of polite feedback. Like I certainly would prefer to get as much out of it as possible, even if it is, <laughs> if, if, even if it means a lot of errors. Our next question actually was, um, about the feedback loop and how that works. And I think we have already covered that. So, uh, Veronica, if you like, we could go straight to the sure. next one. Yes. Um, so, are you still looking for volunteers to help you out with the practice group? And if yes, what would be the most useful contributions? I think we certainly are. And um, so, first of all, this group is only as successful as the participants that are in it. And uh, we would like for translators working with other languages to join like at least two or three people. For example, um, translators working from Ukrainian to English or from English to Ukrainian. Or really even if there's, if you, if you work in one of the other language combinations um, of the Slavic languages division, and you feel like you join and, and your channel or your uh, subgroup has been dead the whole time, there's no activity, reach out to us and uh, uh, let, let us know. Yeah, I, I'd really love to, but you know, I have no one to practice with, you know, because I think then we can really be more targeted in our search and um, look for specific combinations. And again, I, I mentioned Ukrainian because this is one of the channels, uh, the channels that was initially active to a certain extent and it hasn't been recently, and I'd really love to see that revived. Um, so specifically, I feel like if there's anyone who's certified in English to Ukrainian or Ukrainian to English, it would be great to have that person on board giving feedback and just kind of maybe taking charge of that channel because try as we might, sure, we can find texts in English, but because none of us three admins work with Ukrainian in a professional capacity, we can't really um, find texts in Ukrainian. So I would say that's probably 
it would be my dream if that was our next achievement to like get the two Ukrainian channels off the ground running. And just, yeah, if you're a certified translator, or even if you're not, and you, um, we do need help with finding texts, so like uh, exam-like passages in the languages that we work with, because so far it's just been the three of us, and you know, we have a specific perspective and perhaps we're lacking something that another person would have brought in. So, and uh, I'll let Eugenia add to that. Um, so eventually we would like to pass the baton on uh, administering the channels that we currently administer. Um, you know, for now we're, we're chugging along, um, but at least my vision for this group was for it to continue indefinitely. And part of that vision is, the, is to have other people who could administer. And you don't have to be certified to administer in a channel. I mean, it's, it's pretty... Um, I mean, it's just posting passages at the right time and reminding people what stage of the process we're in. So um, if anybody would be interested, I mean, they can always reach out to us to, you know, to have somebody to pass it on to and, and to maybe start out just kind of watching the process, how it goes. So that's another volunteer opportunity. And of course, our reviewers um, have been you know, we had some who had to step out um, because they were busy with other projects. And so it kind of turns a little bit similar to how the participants turn over over time. Um, so if you're certified or if you're a grader, although that's not necessary, um, in any of the language combinations that the division covers, we would love to have your feedback. And that's, you know, a maybe 30-minute quick take uh, once a month. So it's, it's really not that big of a time commitment. So basically we are always looking for volunteers because, um, you know, at any moment life might come up for somebody who's, who's handling a role and, and we'd like to have backups ready to, you know, have somebody step in and, and fill that role. And if people want to get in touch with you, where can they find your contact info? Our uh, email information is um, available at the end of the articles that we shared and the blog post, and uh, uh, I hope the podcast has that as well. But yeah, you can email myself. Uh, my um, email address is maria.guzeko at interruption.net, and this will be spelled in the comments, and uh, Eugenia will give hers as well. Yeah, I since I'm the assistant administrator, you can actually find my contact info also on the articles and the blog posts and, and probably in the show notes, but um, on the SLD website um, in the contact us section. Um, so my email address is eugenia at sokolskayatranslations.com. Best to find that spelled out somewhere. Um, so plenty of ways to find, find me. So SLD members, if you're not in the group, we would love you to join. And if you are certified and or a grader, we would love your help with keeping this group going. Veronica, any more questions? No, um, I don't have any more. Um, this was a, a really uh, useful information. Thank you so much, Eugenia and Maria, for all the hard work you're doing. And uh, we all hope that this will help spread the word out about the practice group and attract more participants and volunteers. Thank you. Thank you.